and welcome to the Educate Your Travel podcast. Once again, my name is Jordan Carnes. Thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to get into this episode. Hopefully just invigorate you, get you excited about getting up, getting out, and traveling, exploring, and experiencing the world. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and quit talking so I can keep talking, and let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you again for joining me here today. Uh, As we end 2020, I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 will be a better travel year than 2020. I definitely know that since, you know, March, April, it's been hard to travel anywhere, really. Um, I have been able to take a couple trips this past year, which have been great. Um, But, you know, it was definitely more difficult to um, plan and make them happen uh, than in the in the past. So hopefully 2021 will open up a little bit more. I have high hopes for um, at least summertime. I think by then hopefully we'll be able to take a trip here or there. Um, I've actually begun planning a little bit. Haven't booked anything yet, but you know, I'm being uh, optimistic there uh, for future travel in 2021. So today's podcast, I'm really just going to um, give you quite a few of my tips and tricks that I travel by. Um, just so hopefully that as you begin planning for 2021 travel, um, that can kind of help um, your planning uh, and help uh, 2021 become your best travel year to date. So I'm going to have two sections. The first section is going to be you know pre-trip, and then the second section is going to be during your trip. Uh, I feel that this is a pretty broad topic um, that can apply for you know pretty much any destination that you're looking at, whether it's international. Um, or domestic. Um, So to start off, let's go ahead and go to the planning phase. Um, So pre-trip, and you know, the great thing about travel is that it's it's personal, and it's up to you what is a successful trip. I know there's some people who just want to go to a destination, and wherever the wind takes them, that's where they're going to go, and after a couple weeks or a couple months, you know, they're going to be satisfied with their travel experience. I, on the other hand, have, you know, I know what I want to do when I go to a place. Um, and a lot of that comes from how much I've planned beforehand. Um, and so for me, I want to visit certain places. I want to experience certain things. Um, and so for me to have a successful trip, you know, I want to accomplish all those goals that I've set out. And that does not mean that I don't, you know, have flexibility when it comes to my itineraries. Uh, I definitely build that into my itinerary. Um, but, you know, I have a mission in mind when I go on a trip. And for me to feel like I've had a successful um, vacation or trip, there are things that I want to do and see and accomplish. Um, and so I want to get those done. So, you know, how much you plan and what you plan, that's really up to you. But I'm going to kind of break down what I do because um, I feel like it's sort of on the upper end, upper end of uh, planning. Um, and so, you know, you can kind of take pieces from it um, if you do less planning. So for me, you know, depending on how long my trip is, how much time I have, you know, I can plan. I've planned up to a year before for a trip. Um, or, you know, I might have planned just a few weeks before. It really just depends on the trip. Um, but there are a few different places that I usually go to when I'm researching. And one reason I love to research 
and I find that planning my trip is almost as fun as going on the trip is because you really get to dive into you know the culture, you really get to look into the history, uh, and you f- are able to find all the ins and outs and secret places inside of that destination. Um, and so you know by the time that I actually go on my trip, I've spent a month really researching this destination. And so when I arrive, I feel like not only I've been there before, but now, you know, all this time and effort that I've put into planning, I'm really able to reap the benefits of it. You know, I have a mission. I know how to get places. You know, I know the ins and outs and I know the layout. And so it just really makes everything go a lot smoother. Um, And I feel like I can get a lot more done. um, And, you know, it just makes me feel like I'm making the most of my trip if I've planned it out a lot. So the first place I, I like to look is I like to watch vlogs um, about certain destinations. And so this will give me, you know, it'll give me a lot of good ideas of places I might not have thought of visiting beforehand. And it also gives me that visual of what to expect whenever I arrive. Um, so being able to, you know, put pictures and videos to um, you know, ideas in my mind really helps me plan things out. Um, next, I definitely like to look at blogs um, and blogs and other websites, um, say like TripAdvisor, things like that, other forums. Those are really good for logistics. So, you know, that might be, you know, how do I get from one destination to the other? How much does this thing cost? Um, it, it really just gives me an idea of, um, you know, all the ins and outs of getting around different places and costs and things like that. It's not necessarily for ideas, um, but it will give me sort of a monetary um, idea of how things are going to work once I'm at the uh, in the country. Another interesting place that I like to check out is social media, mainly Instagram. Um, and the, what I do there is, oh, let's say I'm going to Turkey. Uh, I might you know search a hashtag for Turkey um, or a geolocation. Or I might even, you know, break it down further to like say Istanbul or the Hagia Sophia. Uh, And so that will give me an idea, not necessarily to be able to find those Insta-worthy, you know, photo locations, but, you know, just by looking at where people have posted and the things they posted allows me to um, find new locations that I wouldn't have thought of before. It gives me ideas of places to visit while I'm there. Um, It might show me some secret viewpoints or you know, a city overlook, things like that, that I might not necessarily have found just by looking at blogs or um, even vlogs. So those are some really good ideas of places, um, you know, to look around. Um, I almost always Google like top things to see in this location. Um, That will usually add one or two things to my list of things to do. Uh, And, you know, I honestly always come in to a location with at least one or two um, preconceived ideas Um, that I want to do. So I kind of just base it all around that. Um, So next, you know, you got to plan for hotels. And uh, depending on your trip, uh, you know, I've known people who will book a hostel for that night, will book a hotel for tomorrow night. Um, But for me personally, when it comes to like my week-long trips, um, or really any international trip, I want to know that I have a bed that night. And so I will always pre-book all of my hotels, all of my hostels, things like that. Uh, It just gives me, you know, that comfort of knowing, uh, you know, I have, you know, a bed tonight um, where no matter what's going on during the day, I can go to this hotel 
and I have a place. Uh, and that's always, you know, relieving and comforting for me to know. Um, I will say that this past summer I took a road trip around the U.S. Uh, and because of the pandemic, I knew, um, except for a couple locations, I really didn't have to worry about um, hotels being overbooked or anything like that. And so I did, I would be driving uh, and I'd be getting tired that night. And so I'd look up, you know, on like booking.com, um, what town was coming up next. And then I would go ahead and just book my room for that night. Um, and it worked out pretty well for me. But once again, you know, there was really no concern that things would be booked up. You know, I had a car, so if it was booked up, I could drive to the next location. You know, I had more options. And so um, I wasn't really worried that I wouldn't be able to, you know, find a place to sleep that night. So I have done that before. It worked out great. It gave me a lot of flexibility. Um, and, you know, I have talked to people, you know, who like Backpacking Asia who will do that. Um, and so if you have a lot of time, that could be an option. And I'm not, you know, I definitely would try that out. I'm not saying I would never do that. Um, because if I ever like backpacked Asia again, I probably would. Um, but, you know, for like a week long vacation or something like that, um, booking, pre-booking, uh, is pretty key for me. Um, now, I've already talked about this before, but when booking your hotel, there's a couple things I look for. Um, the first thing is obviously price. Um, hotels, you know, overseas are not that expensive. You can stay in a decent hotel for like 30 bucks a night. Um, you can stay in like a five-star hotel for like $100 a night. So you're definitely not going to break the bank on hotels. Um, but obviously there are... Um, hotels that are cheaper than others. And for me, I usually do not spend a lot of time in my hotel room. Like that's a place to sleep. And otherwise I'm, you know, out exploring um, the city. So for me, um, the accommodation and what all it has to offer is not that important to me. Um, so location, which I'll talk about again here in a second, is key. Um, and I will definitely take the cheaper option as long as it has decent reviews and things like that. Um, so just be thinking like if you're staying at a resort in Mexico, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time at that resort. So sure, you know, stay in a nicer hotel. But if you're really just using that hotel for a bed, then who cares if the toilet's on the hall or if the hotel room's like 10 foot by 10 foot, you know, um, you're just spending the night there and that's it. So, you know, don't be caught up on what your hotel necessarily looks like, um, depending on what kind of trip you're taking. Um, take that cheaper option um, if you can. Um, I also look for free breakfast. This is something that's usually offered, um, and, you know, the hotel might cost an extra dollar or two, um, but that breakfast is, you know, worth a lot more than a dollar or two usually, um, especially if they have, like, fruit and breads and stuff like that. You can kind of Take some of those on your way out uh, and have those for lunch or for a snack later. Um, and then that really allows you just to have like one big meal um, at the end of the day. So I look for uh, free breakfast as well. Um, next is your location. So, you know, I've talked about this before in some of my podcasts that location is king for me. Um, and that's, you know, location is so big for different reasons. One, it saves me um, money for transportation to get into town and get into places that I want to see because I pick a location that's in the middle of all the sites or that's nearest the site that I want to be close to. Um, and so that way I can just walk. Um, so not only does it save me money, 
Uh, it saves me time because I don't have to go back and forth from outside the city to inside the city um, or across town or whatever. Uh, and then, in, you know, like in my Egypt um, podcast, I was talking about how my hotel had a great view of the pyramids. I could sit up on the balcony and just look out over the pyramids. Um, and that was a huge added bonus. Um, so, you know, cost is very uh, important to me, but location is even more important than cost. I will pay more for a hotel for, um, for a good location any day of the week. Um, some other things to look for when it comes to location is how close you are to public transportation. Um, so whether that's close to the metro, close to a bus stop, um, things like that, just things to keep in mind to make your trip um, even more enjoyable and to save you time. Um, I was recently in Serbia and I booked a hotel that was right across the street from the airport um, bus stop. You know, I had like um, 18 hours in the city uh, of Belgrade and so um, I had to catch a bus at like 6 a.m. And so that was big for me that, hey, I can just get up at 545, walk across the street, I'm at the bus stop to take me to the airport. And so that really drove my decision for which hotel um, I got there. So, you know, um, location is really important for multiple reasons. So definitely take that into account. Um, I usually get on like the map feature of booking.com or whatever. And so I kind of have a radius of where I want to stay. Uh, and then, you know, from there I look at, okay, well, what's the cheapest options inside of that little circle? Uh, and then, you know, you find your cheapest options and then you kind of break it down based on reviews things like that. And I obviously don't want to, you know, stay in a little shack, um, but check out the reviews, things like that, and then pick from that, um, from that little pool of hotels or hostels or whatever you're looking at there. One last thing I want to mention about hotels um, is for certain layovers and things like that, don't be afraid to sleep in the airport. Um, I've done it quite a few times. Um, I wouldn't always recommend it. Um, but it is something like if you're in an airport for like six hours overnight, you know, if you're willing to sleep on the floor or sleep on some uncomfortable benches, you know, save that $50, $75 it would cost to stay in the airport hotel uh, or go into the city and find a hotel uh, when you can just kind of take a quick nap um, at the airport. I've done it several times, saves you a ton of money. Um, it won't be the best night's sleep you've ever had, that is for sure. Um, but you know, sometimes it's worth it, um, just to think about at least. Um, next is your flight. Um, so flights are huge. Um, probably going to be at least getting from the U S to, you know, any other continent is going to be your most expensive, um, purchase. And so there's a lot of different tips I have for your flights. The first one I've talked about before, and that's to break your flights up personally. Um, a lot of times, and I brought this up in my first podcast um, with my flight to Paris, um, I was looking at a flight from Dallas to Paris, round trip. Um, it was about $1,500. Um, and, you know, I had a layover in Newark. And if I personally um, broke that flight up and I bought a round trip flight from Dallas to Newark and a round trip flight from Newark to Paris, uh, it was going to cost around $900. Or even, I think it was less than that. It's like $700. So just by buying one extra flight um, and doing that work yourself, um, I would have saved around $800, $700. Uh, 
Um, and that is huge. I mean, that pays for, you know, your hotels, a lot of food. Um, that pretty much pays for a lot of your expenses while you're in country just by, you know, spending an extra 30 seconds to look up a flight. Um, now, obviously, you do need to be careful when it comes to timing to make sure that your times line up um, and you're not overbooking yourself. Um, but, you know, just do your research, write it down on a piece of paper to make sure that you can visually see what's going on uh, and you'll be you'll be fine. Um, so definitely break up flights, do a little bit of the legwork yourself. It'll save you so much in the end. Uh, and that kind of leads me to the next little tip for flights, and that's to look for layovers. And there's, you know, there's good layovers and there are bad layovers. Um, a good layover is going to be, you know, a two, two and a half hour layover where, you know, you land, you go to your next gate and you get on and you're gone. You're, there's no waste of time. Um, the other type of good layover is uh, a long layover um, that lands and has you in the country during a good window. Now, a good window would be something like you land at 6 a.m. and you leave at like 9 p.m. That's going to be, you know, a 15-hour layover, but it puts you in, you know, that workday, you know, hour window where if you leave the airport, everything's going to be open. All the tourist attractions are going to be open, all the museums, all the shops and restaurants, um, and you really just get to spend a free day in whatever country or whatever city you have that layover in. So that's a really good layover. Um, and I will take those any day of the week to be able to experience a new country um, basically for free. Now, a bad layover is going to be a long layover during non-prime hours. So that's going to be, you know, you landing at 8 p.m. and leaving at 4 a.m. Um, that's, that's like an eight-hour layover where you can't do anything. Um, except for stay at the airport and either you know get a hotel in the airport or hope you can find a comfortable bench without armrest in it. Um, so you know there are exceptions. I did have you know one of those bad layovers uh, in Singapore, but I was in the Changi Airport, which is like the nicest airport in the world. There's like butterfly gardens and indoor waterfalls and movie theaters, and so you know I spent like those six hours just wandering around the airport and exploring that. Um, and so, you know, that was a fun time and I enjoyed um, being able to have that long layover there even though I couldn't go into the city. But I mean, if I flew into Delhi uh, in India at nine o'clock at night, I'm not gonna go into downtown Delhi to, you know, explore at midnight. That's, that's just not smart whatsoever. Uh, so then I'd just be stuck in the airport for six hours waiting for my next flight. It'd be uncomfortable. It'd be boring. Um, so definitely try and find those good layovers if you can. Obviously, you can't always help it. Um, but take those good layovers when they come. Um, now, really quickly, building off of that, sometimes you can create your own layovers. I've done this several times, and not only does it usually save you money, but it allows you to experience those other countries really for free or even for a discount. Um, I recently went to Turkey and I could buy a round trip nonstop flight from JFK in New York uh, to Istanbul in Turkey um, for around for around $1,200, $1,300. Um, so not a bad round trip nonstop flight whatsoever. Um, but there were a couple other countries and this is where, you know, being in a pandemic made this a lot more difficult. 
um, because there were only there were four other countries, three other countries that were open um, without getting a test, um, without getting your PCR test. Um, and so those were going to be North Macedonia, Serbia, and Albania. Um, and North Macedonia, if you visited there, the other countries required you to get a test. So I automatically nixed that one. I wasn't going to go there. But I thought, okay, Albania, Serbia, how can I throw that into this mix to possibly save me some money? So I already said the JFK to Istanbul round trip would have cost me around $1,300. So after some, you know, messing around um, with airline flights, I discovered that I could fly that same flight to Istanbul, take a short flight to Albania, and then another short flight to Serbia, and then another flight back to Istanbul, and then back to JFK. So basically a round trip flight, but I'm going through Albania and Serbia, and that was going to cost me around $900. So I was saving close to $400 simply by, you know, sort of making my flight seem more or less convenient. So, you know, airlines really focus and charge you for convenience. So they're going to, you know, charge a higher price for that nonstop flight. Um, but by throwing in, you know, a 30 minute flight to Albania with, you know, a three hour layover, and then a 30 minute flight to Serbia, where I had that 18 hour layover, uh, and then, you know, another short flight back to Istanbul, I was saving around $400 and I was getting to experience not really Albania, but I was able to really explore uh, Belgrade and Serbia uh, and spend a good amount of time there. Now, that did cut about a day off of my time that I had in Turkey. Um, and so, you know, if you're on a tightened agenda and you don't really have time for that, you know, maybe it's worth $400 um, to get that extra day in Turkey. But for me, it was definitely worth it to save $400 and get to experience some other countries in Europe um, basically for free um, just by rerouting how I was getting to Istanbul. Um, now, real quick heads up there, I almost thought about just getting off uh, when I first landed in Istanbul and not continuing, continuing along with my flight path um, because I was already in Istanbul. But if you do that, they'll usually cancel the rest of your flights if you don't show up for one of them. So I, if you're going to think about doing something like that, check into the policies um, to make sure you don't get you know, kicked from the rest of your flights, like your flight back to the U.S. Um, if you decide to skip a flight like that. Um, so one other thing before uh, I move on from flights uh, is try to land during the day, especially if you're going to someplace you've never been before, a new destination, a new country, a new city, land during the day. There's multiple reasons I recommend this. The first reason is obviously safety. Um, you know, it just seems a lot safer during the day than at night. Um, and two, there are a lot more options um, when you land during the day. I mean, when you land at an airport at 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, there's like one or two taxi drivers outside who are going to charge you a premium to take you wherever you want to go. Uh, whereas if you land during the day, um, you know, there's going to be the metro possibly. Um, there's going to be um, multiple taxi drivers who you can barter with and things like that. Um, and then two, unless you've kind of skipped a day in transit, um, you know, landing in the day, as long as you're not too tired, you can you spend the rest of the day exploring, kind of get your bearings. 
really get you set up for success for the rest of your trip. Um, so the last thing I'm going to recommend here um, for your pre-trip um, is to get a backpack. Uh, and not just a regular backpack, um, which I do recommend, but a, you know, a backpacker's backpack. Um, where you're not having to carry around a huge suitcase for your international trip. Now, my very first international trip when I went to Paris, I stayed in one hotel. I was based in Paris for all of my day trips and things like that. And so a big suitcase was not that big of a burden. There's a good metro system there, and so I had to walk maybe half a mile to the nearest metro um, to take me to the airport. So it, it wasn't too much of a hassle. However, after that, I got you know, a 30 liter backpack. Um, and that has made traveling so easy. I take that everywhere, whether it's the domestic travel um, or international. And it's amazing for several reasons. The first reason is you can just put it on your back, um, your hands free, and you can walk, you know, a mile to the nearest metro, to your hotel, wherever you need to go, and it's not that big of a deal. Also, most of the time, I'd say 90% of the time you don't have to check your bag, which means you know you're on and off the plane. Um, you don't have to stand you know in baggage claim uh, or anything like that, uh, and you don't have to worry about the airline losing your bag. That's always you know huge for me whenever I do have to check my luggage, uh, and you know you're always waiting at the carousel and it's always the last bag that's yours, and you're just like oh my gosh like. Did my bag make it, or am I going to be here for a week without any clean clothes uh, and hope they find it eventually? So being able to carry your luggage on almost every flight that you take is huge for me. That's a huge bonus um, and just sort of gives me some more peace of mind uh, throughout my trip. Okay, so once you have landed, um, you're ready to, you know, you've put in all this work preparing for your trip and you're finally there. So what do you do? So, you know, there are multiple things to recommend while you're at a location, but you've already done all the hard work. You've planned everything. You've gotten everything set up and ready to go. So while you are at your location, I totally recommend using public transportation especially when you're going from the airport to the city center or wherever you're going. Public transportation, 99% of the time, is going to be the cheapest option. Um, and, you know, this can include a bus um, or a metro. Um, sometimes there are shared taxis. Um, that I guess would be your next best bet. Um, but, you know, taxis from an airport are always going to be the most expensive option. Um, sometimes they do have booths set up. Um, where it's just a set fixed price and you know that's not always the worst thing I do always feel like you get a better deal if you can sort of barter uh, and pit two people against each other to give you the lowest price but most of the time that's not an option at an airport and so you're kind of just forced to pay you know a flat rate to go wherever you're going but almost every location I've ever been to has had great public transportation I've been pleasantly surprised multiple times one of the most surprised places I was at was in uh, Delhi in India. And, you know, I'd done all my research. I knew they had a metro system. I leave the airport. You know, there's like a hundred taxi drivers out there yelling at you. 
and you know you just walk over to the metro station and you get on it's air conditioned it's like crystal clean in there um and i'm just sitting there like am i in india like <laughs> this is not at all what i expected um and so you know it's like a 45 minute metro train ride into the city and then you step off the metro and then bam you're hit with you know dirt and dust and vendors and there's cows walking down the road and you're like just a second ago i was in this super clean air-conditioned train and now i'm out here on this dirty street like how are these two things like even in the same city it's pretty crazy i was really surprised you don't think of india being like sleek and clean um but the metro at least was so that was really cool um and you know if india has a good metro system you can bet that a lot of places um, you know, will also have some sort of good public transportation. Um, outside of getting from the airport, um, I still would recommend public transportation if you need it. Um, I highly recommend walking. Um, walking is huge not only on your budget, it's going to save you a lot of money, uh, but it also allows you to see the city and really experience you know, everyday life. You know, if you're walking through a market you're gonna see so many more, um, so many more sights. You're gonna smell so many smells. Um, it's just gonna be a huge cultural experience that you would have missed, you know, if you had taken a taxi or you know the metro to wherever you were going. So I definitely recommend walking when you can. Um, but if you can't, or if that's not an option, maybe it's raining, something like that. Public transportation is still the way to go, um, whether it's the metro, um, whether it's a train. Um, taking trains before or whether it's a bus. Um, those are, for me, the most difficult to figure out. Um, I think it's just because there's so much translating that you have to do. It's not necessarily like a metro station where, you know, it lights up, this is where you're going, and it's going to be here in two minutes. Um, the bus is like, oh, here's a schedule, post it on a sign, and let's hope they're on time, and you'll probably have to change buses five times to get where you want to go. Um, so buses are probably my least favorite form of public transportation. Um, metros are usually pretty easy to figure out um, no matter where you are. Um, and then obviously if you do have to take a taxi, barter. Um, some places have meters and people recommend meters. I like to you know, barter a price because then I know how much I'm going to have to pay. That's usually for me a little bit of a safer option. Um, but if you're in a location you have no clue how much to spend, I usually try and get on Uber or um, something like that, uh, and that'll give me a ballpark idea of how much a taxi ride should cost, uh, and then that can kind of be my um, middle range price that I'll sort of settle on um, when I'm done bartering for you know a, a ride somewhere. Um, now, a couple other things um, when you are you know, at the airport when you first land, I totally recommend hitting up the ATM. Um, I do not recommend carrying around loads of cash that you um, exchange at the airport. You're going to get terrible exchange rates, and I just can't see that being a safe option anymore. Um, you know, I I think I spend around $5 per transaction um, at an ATM internationally. And so I usually try and keep, you know, um, pulling money out of my ATM maybe twice per trip. Um, you can usually, you know, figure out how much money you need to spend. I'll pull out a couple hundred the first time, uh, and then the second time I'll kind of base it off of how much I think I'll need to finish out the trip. Um, I've never had a problem using an ATM. Um, when I was in Beijing, uh, in China, you know, there were like 20 ATMs, and I had to try like 
19 of them until I found which one actually would accept my card. Um, so that was kind of terrifying for a few moments. Um, but it all worked out in the end. Um, travel cards, some credit cards, you know, you don't have to pay international fees. Uh, so if you have one of those, um, or if you can get one of those, that would definitely be a good option as well. Um, finally, one of my things that I always try and live by is to not take big tours. Now, I'm not saying not to take a tour at all, um, because sometimes you need to take tours. Sometimes um, they're very helpful. Um, I know, like, for a hot air balloon ride, you're not going to be able to do that by yourself. So, you know, you'll have to take a tour for that. Um, and sometimes, um, you know, it's, it's very helpful and enlightening to, you know, have a tour guide and go on a tour with them. Um, what I'm really recommending against is one of those huge bus tours where you get off a bus with 50 people and they say, you know, you have an hour at the site, meet us back here, things like that. I really hate being constrained, uh, time constrained um, when it comes to my travel. I like to, you know, kind of roam around and do my own thing. Uh, and so having, you know, a time limit um, really cramps my style when it comes to traveling. Um, I have had to do it a few times, and I do have, you know, exceptions to this rule. Uh, I guess not really a big tour, but for a tour uh, in general. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it's just more cost effective. Um, I spent, you know, maybe like $1.50 um, on a tour uh, in Laos to the Kwangsi waterfalls. Um, and so, sure, I was restricted a little bit with time. Um, but I really didn't feel like I was going to spend a ton of time there and it was going to cost me like $20, $30 to have, you know, a personal taxi take me to the waterfalls. Uh, and so it just didn't make sense to spend an extra $20 to get an extra 30 minutes at a site. So I went ahead and I booked a tour through my hostel. Um, so things like that, if it's, you know, if, if the cost doesn't outweigh, you know, how much time you're going to get to spend there or the experience, go ahead and do it. Um, and then also, you know, um, I would recommend a tour for safety reasons sometimes. Um, I'm thinking about when I was in China, once again, um, I took a tour with um, a company to go to the Great Wall. Uh, and the main reason I did that was because I was there on the um, free transit visa. Uh, and in Beijing, you have to stay within a certain region while you're on that visa. And so... You know, I could have definitely rented a car or taken a private transfer to the wall, um, but I really didn't want to risk, you know, accidentally going outside of the zone that I was supposed to stay in, uh, getting stopped, and who knows what would have happened, you know, if you go outside that region. That's not something I wanted to risk. Um, so I, I signed up for a tour there. Luckily, there was only one other person on the tour besides the tour guide, so it did seem pretty personal, um, and, you know, I had a great time on that trip. Um, there are times like if, if you're in Israel and you're going to Palestine, um, or, you know, if you're in like Afghanistan or someplace like that, I, I definitely would recommend getting a tour guide there. Um, and not necessarily for their knowledge, which is definitely a, a benefit, um, but mainly just to have a local presence there. They'll keep you safe. They'll know where to go, where not to go. Um, and, you know, if you get into sort of any kind of trouble, they'll be there to, you know, be able to translate um, and, you know, kind of just keep things under control. So I definitely would recommend a tour guide in certain situations. Um, but as far as, you know, those big box tours go, 
um, where you know you get on a bus and stay a couple hours. Um, I definitely would not recommend those whatsoever. Um, so those are really my you know my main tips and tricks that I try and follow every single time I travel. Um, there's obviously you know a, a lot more things um, to think about. These are just the main ones to kind of hopefully help you get started uh, to plan your next trip and hopefully make that trip um, even more successful um, than your previous trips. Um, so, you know, uh, once again, feel free. Please check out my Instagram, at Educate Your Travel. Um, I actually just started uh, an Etsy shop for my um, travel photography. Um, so I have links on my Instagram for that as well. Um, Jay Carnes Photography. So feel free to check that out um, while you're over there. Um, if you have any comments, I'd love to hear them. You can either drop a comment here or over on my Instagram. I'd love to hear from you uh, what you have to say. If you have any other tips and tricks that I should add, uh, I'd love to hear those as well. I'd love to add them to another episode. Once again, remember, it is up to you to make your life interesting. So get up, get out, explore the world, and take that next adventure. Thanks again for joining me here today, and I can't wait to catch up with you next time. Oh,